Welcome to the My Money, My Lifestyle podcast, where we discuss all things money because whether or not we like it, money matters. I'm your host, Maya Fisher-French, and today is the second in a series of conversations I had with financial planner Louis van der Merwe. So Louis is an expert in life transitions, you know, those like kind of major life events that we're all going to experience at some point in our lives. And in this conversation, we spoke about when we decide to make a major life change, especially during periods of uncertainty like a, a COVID pandemic. And it's important to remember that when it's a choice, even if it's a choice, transitions can be traumatic. It's important to be prepared and to understand the emotional process you'll be undergoing. So this is a podcast about transitions and uh, Louie and I are back. And if you listen to our first podcast, um, you'll know that we discussed what it is in that major transition, because it was my personal issue, of a parent going into a retirement village and all the issues around that. But Louis, what I wanted to talk about today is planned lifestyle changes. When you have decided you want to live a different life, we are seeing it with COVID. I can't tell you the number of friends and people that I know who've said, I've only got, I've realized life is short and I don't want to be living this life anymore. And they're either moving cities, they may be immigrating, they may be quitting jobs and starting their own business. There's been these really massive changes. And I must be honest, when I listen to them, I'm not always convinced they've thought it through that carefully. So if you are thinking of a major life change, listen to this podcast first. So let's start with it. What, what, if I came to you and I say, listen, Louis, I'm out of here. I'm, I'm, I'm cashing in. I'm going to go and live in some little dorpy, uh, I don't know, Greaton, I don't know, somewhere, some little village. Like, how do you approach it when somebody's facing a big, big decisions like that? Maya, I think we have to start off to say that any life transition can be stressful and can be difficult. If we impose it on ourselves, if it's positive or if it's negative, it's equally stressful. And we tend to go through the same four stages. So think of this person that's moving to Grayton. They are probably in the anticipation stage, which is the first stage of the four stages. The second being ending. So they have now sold their property and they have moved to Grayton. There's no going back. Then there's passage. There's kind of the messy middle where you get used to this new life, maybe out of the city, a new community. There's things that you've lost and there's things that you've gained. And then over time, you move to the new normal, right? You are now a resident there and you're happy with how it turned out and you go into a new transition. So let's talk about the anticipation phase because people often show up as invincible. And what we mean with that is that they only see the positive. Like I'm going to move to Grayton and I'm going to have no stress and my relationship is going to be wonderful and my kids are going to visit me every weekend and it's going to be the best decision that I've ever made. In life, unfortunately, there's always two sides of the story. There's the good things and there's the less good things. So what we would start off with is to just understand the reason behind the move. You know, tell us a little bit more about what went into thinking about this. You know, what impact does that have on your spouse and on your family members and who else is involved in the decision? And you think of painting a picture of this decision and you want to just color it in. Because sometimes it comes up that someone hasn't thought this through and they're just rushing into maybe getting away or, you know, fleeing towards something. And rush decisions is almost always bad. 
because we don't spend the time looking at the impact. Absolutely. And I, I do think, you know, I go through it. You know, sometimes there's a moment that I'm, I'm hiking in the mountain on the weekend. I just think I want this to be my life every day. I just don't want the deadlines. I don't want to have another podcast I have to do. No, I'm joking. I love my podcast. But another article I have to write, all that pressure and deadlines, and I just want to escape. And, and sometimes that feeling of escape leads you to think, well, maybe if I opted out, maybe if I downsize, maybe if this, maybe if that. But ultimately, I'd probably be bored within two weeks and it would be no big mistake so how do you kind of you know decide that this is actually what you want and it's not a knee-jerk reaction to an event that is happening to you I mean like COVID was an event or it's just something that's really just bad at work I mean how do you process what you can do without actually making a major life change I think part of it's just slowing down and then saying okay well what is behind this change like why do I want so badly to not have any stress because stress is actually a good thing, right? It helps us to grow and it helps us to have a purpose and it, you know, we can be creative and we can give back to the world. So sometimes the thing that we're running away from is actually that the thing that we should be leaning into. And I, I think we all have blind spots, right? Those are the things that are sitting here that you can't see on your own, maybe because you don't want to, or maybe you've had trauma in the past and maybe you've just been trained to ignore that. So having someone that can shine a light on those blind spots, not to say, oh, have you considered this, but to actually help you start thinking and to open up those blind spots and actually say, well, you know, what does life look like two months after you've moved? What does a Tuesday morning look like? Tell me about that. What about that is important to you? And if you think of the layers of an onion is you want to start peeling away at that. You want to say, okay, why is Grayton so attractive to you? Sitting on a Tuesday morning at a coffee shop, enjoying the newspaper. Like, How is that different from what you have today? Because then you can start looking at the comparison. Mm. And in life, we only have trade-offs. If you give up something, you gain something else, but you also lose something. And so starting out saying, what are you giving up to make this move possible? I think creates a more fuller picture so that someone can start thinking, is this really what they mm. want? I know Kim Pukita, in, um, she's another financial planner, she always says she gets people coming and they, they're going to, to retire. And they live in the city and they're going to retire to the coast. And the first question is, why? Have you ever spent any significant amount of time at the coast? No, but that's what you do when you retire. And she says, well, find out if you actually want to live at the coast. You may not actually enjoy it very much. So I think we do have pictures in our heads of what our lives are going to look like in a specific place. That place will solve our problems rather than actually saying, well, what is it about where I am currently that's I'm happy with that I could could change? And, and where do you think sabbaticals come into this as well? Mm -hmm. uh, your face lights up. You like that question. <laughs> that's a, oh, that was unexpected. I did not expect that. And that's why I'm, I'm smiling. I think sometimes it's just, are you living life on autopilot? And are the decisions that you're making someone else's or society's decisions? Or is this really what you want? Sabbatical is interesting because you're almost saying, okay, I'm going to take a break from what I'm doing. And then you have to ask, like, why? You know, what's, what's difficult from what you're doing now? Why do you need this break? There's a lot of people that find so much value in sabbaticals. And it's almost a reset. And I would say if you have that need, you know, lean into it and start understanding what is it. How else can I get the benefits of a sabbatical, but maybe not doing a sabbatical? Because it means I'm giving an income, and that have, has different trade-offs. In the financial transitionist world, we use a tool called managing expectations. And there we unpack 
the impact that this has on other family members. So, you know, taking on a sabbatical, you might say, okay, what do you expect to gain from this? But you can also ask the spouse or the partner, you know, how do you expect this to look like, this sabbatical? And just getting people to verbalize what they actually mean, you can start challenging it and you can get them on the same page. Because I think with sabbaticals, you you know, you can resign very quickly. You can say, okay, I'm going to take a sabbatical. Um, sometimes it could just be an easy way out to gain permission to not do anything for that time. Yeah, so that's a, that's a very interesting one. I think if you have the financial resources, then absolutely um, create a life by design, not just on autopilot. And I think also if you're going to take a sabbatical, have a plan for it. It's mm. not about I'm going to do nothing. Yeah. Uh, so my husband actually did this. So okay. the reason I so he he left a, a company he was working for mm. and he just he was burnt out and mm. he didn't want to go straight into something else. Okay. So we looked at the finances. He, he was paid out. Um, he got a lump sum. And we said, mm-hmm. right, how long mm. can you, we, if we cut back a little yeah. bit, how long can we survive? And you know, we had a plan and mm-hmm. he, you know, it was, I think it was seven months or so that, that he could afford not to earn an income. Yeah. And, but that was a family discussion mm-hmm. and we all discussed it. Mm-hmm. My children were included in that discussion because it, this is the, this is what we're doing. We wanted to make sure that they understood that financially we'd made yeah. the right, that we weren't being crazy and, <laughs> and taking on debt or anything, mm-hmm. um, that, that this was, was planned for. Um, and was, you know, it was done as a couple. So how important is it? Mm-hmm. When you're wanting to make a big life change, you know, moving, immigration is, of course, a huge one at the moment. Mm-hmm. Having that conversation with your spouse, because that's, that's a big part of it, and your kids. That's probably the number one thing that we see in, in clients, that lack of communication when it comes to money. You know, money is still a taboo topic. It's almost easier to talk about sex than what it is to talk about money these days. So we have to note that, you know, your first money memories start from the age of seven. So you can think back of how you grew up with money and how your parents communicated with money. And almost always it's not about the money, right? It's the emotions that piggyback on the money. It's what the money brings. It's power or security or decision-making or vulnerability. Hey, I have this amount of debt. So we go through a process where we help clients to have better money communication skills. And that starts off with an awareness of how do you show up? You know, what type of methods do you like communicating? And and I'm not talking about written versus email. I'm talking about, do you want to know who's involved? Do you want all the facts? Do you want the bottom line? Should we soften the tone of communication? Because then the other party, and this can be a spouse or financial planner, can change the way they deliver the message. And think about it. If I deliver a message to you that you are more likely to receive, it's so much easier than just talking past you and, you know, spitting out all the facts when you might be someone that takes a softer approach. And, you know, how does this money make you feel? And, you know, what's important to you here? So I think communication in any relationship is the bedrock of that. If that's about money or your life decisions, they're all intertwined. You know, we can't separate the one thing because if your communication around money is bad, then probably there's other areas in your life where communication is also not great. And I think you've also got to make sure you're both on the same page um, mm. because I, I tell you mm. that, that that's the small town thing is very big at the moment. And I often find that there's a spouse who's not keen on it. Mm. The one spouse is like, well, I'm, I like the city. I like where I live. I'm happy in yeah. my job. The other one wants to go and farm chickens, um, has never farmed chickens ever in his or her life, but is going to farm chickens. Um, 
and and which is perhaps an extreme reaction to to a situation. Mm-hmm. But what if the partner doesn't want to leave the city? So I think those are many of the conversations that that I'm seeing, certainly mm-hmm. among my peer group, that that is where yeah. where people are having difficulty. They they want their lives to go in in different directions, and that's difficult. It can often lead to resentment. You know, oh, you wanted to move to this small town, and it was your decision. So, so every time there's a bad day or the chicken dies, it's well, you see, you, you, you and you've got to be very careful yeah. of that. You need to be on the same page mm. because mm. hopefully your marriage, <laughs> you know, you're on the same page and and you're living life together. Just like you can't do financial planning with just one party. Mm. You, know? you hopefully have similar goals and similar dreams and similar objectives. And maybe it is a part in your life where, you know, the paths are splitting. And maybe that means you know, looking at alternatives. Mm. But just starting to have that conversation in a space where you feel safe with someone that you trust that's not going to judge you and that's not going to want to change anything. Mm. I think that's key because, you know, we have to be ready to do this. No one can push you into this conversation. Um, I think that's key. And sometimes we get frustrated with our spouses or the partners. Mm. Oh, you just you just need to have this conversation. We just need to do this. We can't control their mm. reaction. We can only control the way we show up mm. and the way we approach it. Mm. So I would say in that scenario, maybe try a different angle of attack. <laughs> try a different way of communicating. Keep coming in until you figure the angle. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it's, it's interesting. So when my husband made the decision to take a sabbatical, you know, you, I also had to articulate my expectations. Mm. My expectation was you're not going to sleep until 10 o'clock mm. in the morning, wander around your pajamas eating cereal whilst I'm working because I will feel very resentful. So you mm. need a plan and, the, you know, it could be getting up, going cycling, which is what he wanted to do. And, you know, th- there had to be things that I saw him yeah being active um, because it would have driven and I was honest about that it would have driven me stark raving mad so I think you also have to have (laughs) rules of engagement (laughs) rules of engagement (laughs) but you know you mentioned financial planning and being on the same page financially okay Mm. so now you've made the decision you've you've had this discussion you're going to sell your big property Mm. you're going to downsize you're going to move to the little village or overseas or whatever it is do you know how many people I know who do this without any financial planning or any numbers being being drawn up? So, I mean, how critical that is in, in, in looking at the numbers? Or do you think you should just blindly jump? Because sometimes, because the numbers will tell you not to do it. It's the age-old thing. You don't know what you don't know, right? So for you to first know what you don't know, you need someone to point out, maybe you should think about the taxes or... You know, what is the implication of moving? How are you going to support this new lifestyle? There might be different expenses. That can be a family member. It can be a financial planner. I think why financial planners are ideal for this is because we're trained to know what to ask. You know, you don't have to sift through everything. You can look at the pieces that are critical and you can help someone, I think, relieve the anxiety of the unknown. Because when we don't know, we're surprised by what comes up. And then we have to figure out a plan. And that immediately creates this stress response. <gasps> what am I going to do now? I have to pay the capital gains tax on this property. I never thought about it. So every time there's a big life change and you go on autopilot, unfortunately, you make decisions that are often not in your best interest or the interest of your family. So slowing down, looking at the numbers, Sometimes you just need to leap, take that leap of faith, right? If it's something that you truly value and if it's something that's super important to you and your family, there's always a way because it means that you're trading off something. You mm. can maybe work a little bit longer. You can pass away a little bit sooner. Sometimes you don't have that choice. You can trade off your lifestyle. You can sell some assets. You can generate other sources of income. 
when there's options, I think there's hope. Mm. And so for a lot of clients, sometimes they don't see the options in a scenario where they feel like all the options are gone. And so the role there of a financial planner is just to have a little bit of hope and, and show them, well, actually, there's a scenario where this turns out well. Mm. And most of the time, life works out. But don't just follow it blindly. Well, I think you said to me earlier, you said you can have anything, but you can't have everything. And that's what it is. It's about sitting down and saying, right, what this really matters to me. Okay, why? Um, and what is now the how? So, and, and I, think, I think you're so right because just by planning, if you just close your eyes and go and, and jump uh, with, and on autopilot, you don't look at it, you're going to miss easy ones. And, and those easy ones will make your life easier. So absolutely make the plans. And if those numbers look at you and they say, oh, you're not doing this, the numbers are not adding up, that doesn't mean a no. It means what am I needing to do differently to still achieve it? And I think that is, it's a very different spin on it. But I, I think what I find is that a lot of people are so scared to look at the numbers, to open that lid and, and look at the numbers that they just keep the lid on make the leap and then deal with the consequences afterwards, which can be quite, that, that is actually where the financial problems generally come in. Maya, we see the flip side out of interest. We see someone stuck in deciding that analysis paralysis. They would look at all the different permutations and then they would never make a decision. And if you look at the work that George Kinder does in life planning, the whole objective of life planning is to help you reach your life goals in a shorter amount of time than you would have reached it without working with a life planner. So sometimes it's just motivating that client to, you know, take that leap of faith. If it's something that aligns with his values, what's important to the family. And, you know, if there's a really good chance that they, they will make it. I think in our client base, uh, our, well, our motto is live life fully now. So we see the opposite, mm. you know, someone wants to over save and so finding that balance between enjoying your assets and enjoying your life, but also being responsible to plan for the future. I think that's a personality. That's going to be yeah, personality. Yeah, so you get person. people who are, are really conservative mm. and, and afraid yeah. to make change. And then you get other people who just say, what the hell, it'll work out one way or the other. Yeah. So, and somewhere within there, obviously, is yes. the happy medium. And that is the financial plan is what you're playing. You've got to yeah. sit there and say, right, what kind of personality am I dealing with? Let me let me put it all together. So, I mean, I think this is really, really fascinating. And I hope um, the listeners have got something out of this because it is, I am seeing this and I think we're going to see more of it. Mm. There's a lot of uncertainty certainty um living costs petrol you know kids education people are being really squeezed financially and they feel like they're going to work every day in this job they're not really enjoying struggling to keep things going and the the, the, the why you know who am i what am i doing here i think is becoming more and more you know critical yeah so 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 that's obviously the yeah so 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 take this find yourself a good uh, um planner like Louie anyway, <laughs> or, or a psychologist or a counselor or someone who can, who can really talk you through what is driving your, your lifestyle decisions. Maya, I think this talks about wellness. You know, are you happy where you are now? You know, sometimes you need the help of a professional psychologist. Sometimes you need a coach. Sometimes you need a, counsel a counselor. Sometimes you need a technician. And on that spectrum, you know, I think everyone can benefit from those relationships. Mm -hmm. But you have to start doing the work on yourself, mm. you know, like your husband taking that sabbatical to, to heal and go through a place where, you know, he doesn't feel burnt out and gets excited about the future. And so I think we have to hone in on that to pick up the signs when someone might not fulfill that wellness that you know, they ideally want to. And it's just being there to listen. 
picking up on the things that are worrying them. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thanks, Louis. And um, I look forward to our, our next uh, our next conversation. I think our next conversation, we're going to be focusing on, well, the sad reality of death and widows and being left, you know, when your partner Something happens to your partner. Um, so looking, well, I'm, not, I'm looking forward to that conversation. It's probably not the right word, but I'm looking, I think it's going to be a really, really interesting one. Thank you. Thank you, Maya.